Hello, friends. Welcome to the Trinity Podcast. My name is Matthew. I'm the parish pastor on the east side. We're going to be looking at a scripture today from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8. I'm going to read verses 18 to 27 and then pray and then share with you a few reflections that have come from my time in this text today. So first, let's read Matthew 18, verse 18 and following. Now, when Jesus saw great crowds around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And a scribe then approached and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of his disciples said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their own dead. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and a gale arose on the lake, so great that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, you of little faith? And then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was dead calm. They were amazed, saying, What sort of man is this? that even the winds and the sea obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the Lord of the storm, that you are a God who can calm even the storm. And so we just remind ourselves and our souls of that in this moment. And we... um, We ask, Lord, that as we spend the next few minutes with you thinking about this story, that you um, would begin to calm and speak words of peace over the storms within us, that after this time uh, with you, Lord, we would feel ourselves uh, rested and ready to go into what is next. So give us the grace of your presence, Lord Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, and we ask these things in your good name. Amen. I love this text. I love uh, this story. It, it shows up in, in many of the Gospels and uh, because it's so incredible. And I love the way that Matthew put the stories together, these two uh, episodes. The first one where the people are clamoring to get near him and follow him, and he has this weird cryptic statement about birds and foxes. And then immediately he's in a boat and he's asleep. And uh, because the big idea that's being communicated in these two stories being put together this way, is that uh, it's a comparison of kingdoms. That's what's going on here. So let me tell you what I mean by that. Uh, The first thing that we see in this text is that Jesus is not a fox or a bird. That's There you go. There's your big (laughs) deep thought for the day. Jesus is not a fox or a bird. And here's what I mean by that. So there's this uh, moment. He, He has a big crowd coming to him. He's been teaching all day. He wants to get in the boat. He wants to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee so that he can continue ministry, but also so he can rest. And as he's kind of getting in the boat, he has some people who are clamoring to apparently get in the boat with him. And they're like, well, I'll do anything you want. I'll follow you anywhere. You know, just, you know, a couple of Enneagram sevens running up to him and uh, saying that they'll, they'll do anything he asks. And his response to them is um, essentially, you know, I'm homeless, right? But he says it in a really particular way that I think was meant to uh, communicate actually a subversive political statement. So he says, foxes have holes and birds have nests. So what is, what is that about? What, is he, what does he mean by that? 
Well, if you look at the Gospel of Luke, um, there's a moment where in chapter 13, some Pharisees come to Jesus and they're like, you better get out of here. Herod knows you're here and he's very angry and so on. And Jesus just turns and casually says, go and tell the fox uh, such and such, you know, basically I'm going to be here as long as I want. It seems from some other some other literature of the day that Herod may have in some ways been known uh, as a fox. Probably it wasn't a, a term of endearment, but that he was cunning, um, he was shrewd, he was a predator. Uh, so it's possible that Jesus is thinking of this. I mean, he could have said bunnies have holes. He could have said all sorts of things. Bears have caves. There's lots of options in this moment. Monkeys have trees, but he chose a fox and a bird. And of course, the other primary empire of the day, besides the kingdom in Judea, which was still a Roman province, but um, where King Herod was a puppet king of the Roman empire, but the large, the large rock on the landscape of the geopolitical world at this time was, of course, Rome, whose standard was the eagle. And so Jesus appears to be saying again, like, it's not necessarily 100%, but it appears that Jesus in picking these two animals is essentially saying, if you follow me, you need to understand my kingdom is not like the kingdoms of this world. It's not going to have the same values. It's not going to offer the same luxuries. Uh, It's almost as if Jesus were in modern day 21st century America, if he just said, you know, donkeys have barns and elephants um, I don't know, have the Serengeti, uh, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus is comparing his kingdom to the kingdoms that others in this world give natural allegiance to, and he's saying, my way is going to be a different way. I'm not a fox, and I'm not a bird. And then they get into a boat, and Jesus has just made this, this statement about how he has nowhere to sleep, and then the next thing we see him doing is sleeping. But in a boat, not in a house, not in someplace comfortable. Um, and actually, I think it's Luke's gospel. He says he's curled up in the back on a pillow, and Jesus is asleep in the storm. And I just want to say in relation to that, that Jesus was able to be asleep in the storm because Jesus... Um, Jesus didn't get overwhelmed by the storm. His disciples are getting overwhelmed by it. It feels like the boat's getting overwhelmed by it. I I wonder how many of us struggle with things like sleep or being able to rest, being able to put down our phones or close our computers or stop looking at the news or how many of us struggle with these things because we actually don't believe um, what Jesus believed. We actually do feel like things are overwhelmed, or we ourselves feel overwhelmed. We panic. We cry out, as the disciples did, help, we're perishing, we're perishing. And Jesus is just able to to be asleep. And partly, I think it's because he's a human being and he was tired. I think there's something very sweet and tender about this. There he is, sleeping Jesus in the back, um, you know, while all of his friends are, are, are freaking out. Um, Jesus with sleep in his eyes and morning breath, like a normal human being, just like you and me. And yet there is a also, I think, a deeper spiritual reality that is informing Christ's capacity in this context to be able to sleep. Uh, there is a book that I read a number of years ago called The Good and Beautiful God. And the first chapter of that book is called Sleep. And the writer begins with this very simple idea that sleep is a spiritual practice because when we sleep, uh, same is true with Sabbath. When we sleep, we uh, we tell our bodies or we practice with our bodies a liturgy. And that liturgy is, I'm not in control. God is in control. This is my father's world. 
I can rest in peace. Sleep in that sense is a spiritual discipline, much in the same way that prayer can be or reading the scripture. Some of us have no problem sleeping. Others of us have a terrible time sleeping. We only get a few hours a night of fitful sleep. And I believe that there is ground for all of us to be taking in our hearts that will over time hopefully give us the sort of um, capacity to even sleep in a storm. Because that is how settled, how at peace, how grounded Jesus of Nazareth was in his father's good world. And then they wake him up. You can picture the scene. They're panicked. Um, They shake him awake. And he just, um, he says two things. He looks at them and he says, why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Uh, The way that it reads in, in Luke's version of the story is, where is your faith? What are, you, what are you resting in? And then he rebukes the sea and the sea stops. Um, he says, um, as it is recorded in one of the other gospels, peace, be still. He speaks shalom over the rough waters and over the storm clouds. And suddenly it stops. Here Jesus is controlling the uncontrollable, calming the uncalmable. You see, foxes and birds donkeys and elephants, empires and countries, politicians, kingdoms of this world, they offer to you and me the illusion of power, the illusion that they have things under control. They do this through military might. They do this through big budgets. They do this through grand architectural projects and infrastructure and so on. And these things are good services. But then it turns out, and we're all experiencing this right now, it turns out that they actually don't have control. They are as vulnerable as the rest of us. Foxes and birds and donkeys and elephants are as vulnerable as the rest of us. But there is one whose power is not an illusion and it's not wrapped up in buildings or in budgets or in armies, but it is at the center of his being because he is the sustainer and Lord of all things who is bringing all things to his good purposes and completion. And so I hope that the story comes to you today, no matter where you are or what you're facing, what the weekend has brought, what the week is um, shaking out to be for you, as just a reminder that you have as your um, Lord and Savior, you have as the the captain of your boat, um, the one who has the true power. We can look to him. We can have faith. We can, as Jesus says, when he says, where is your faith? We can say, it's in you. It's not in anything else to come through for me in this moment. My faith is in you. I want to read to you in closing a passage from Psalm 146. The psalmist writes, Do not put your trust, your faith, in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth, and on that very day, their plans perish. But blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, 
who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoner free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over strangers. He upholds orphans and widows. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. Why? Because the Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. And so may you come to breathe deeply the kingship, the perfect kingship of Jesus over this situation, over our world, over our government, over our lives, over disease, over creation, over our families and communities which are feeling divided over political lines. Jesus Christ, our King, who calms the storm. Amen. Bless you. Grace and peace to you, friends. We will see you soon.